Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. We welcome you this morning to Christ-Centered Church. We welcome our online viewers this morning. If you have a prayer request for our online viewers, you can just put the prayer emoji and we'll know to touch and agree with you in prayer during our prayer time. Hallelujah. We have come this morning to lift up the name of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus, for he is good and his mercy truly endureth forever. So come on, let's stand. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand behind the man of God when he brings forth the word. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Sing, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, Lord, you. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, people from every nation. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you. Oh, we Sing, Lord, you 
are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, Lord, you. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing people from every nation. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you. put your hands together as we magnify the Lord with us. The scripture says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Come on, let's put our hands together again. We're in the presence of almighty king. He is the mighty God, everlasting father. He is our prince of peace. Hallelujah. We give him praise. We give him honor. We give you thanks, God. We came not to entertain one another, but we came to lift up and magnify and entertain the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We give him praise again. We're going to pray at this time. Of course, the uh, preliminaries have been established, and we know that you'll put your prayer comments in our, our social media platforms. And everyone who has a prayer request and a need, if you can slip your hands in the air, and we trust God by are knowing that God is going to answer by our by our belief in him, by our faith in him, by our trust in him, because his word says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. And if we believe today, let's lift our voices unto the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we exalt you this day. We thank you for another day that you have made, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the persons who have come to into your house to magnify and to offer up sacrifices unto you with the fruit of our lips. I pray that, God, you will bless each and every one of us collectively as we corporately worship to magnify the name of Jesus, that every need be met, Lord God. Those who are not 100% in their body, I pray that you touch them in a perfect way. Those who are watching, Lord God, I stretch my hands in faith. I pray and I touch and agree with all the families that are around, oh God, their kitchen table or by their living room that are watching us, that they worship the Lord together with us. We came to magnify and fill the presence of God with worship and praise. And so, God, we pray that you will continue to add 
unto us, Lord God, the word of God that will be imparted. We pray for the word that is being spoken. We establish your kingdom, and we pray that the enemy, Lord God, will not have any uh, altering uh, agenda and motives, Lord God, to distract us, to, to keep us uh, uh, off kilter. We pray that your will be performed. We thank you in the putting of our hands, clapping of our hands. Let's continue to worship the Lord by putting our hands together and lifting up the name of Jesus because he is worthy of all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Where would I be if you left me? 
can see so clear what it's all about. So stay by my side when the sun goes down. Don't want to forget how I feel right now.
Continue to worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah is more than enough. Hallelujah is my provider this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just continue to worship the Lord this morning. His word to be praised is more than enough for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, praise God, hallelujah, amen, and can we praise the Lord everybody, come on, let's praise the Lord everybody this morning, it's worthy to be praised, amen, the Lord bless you, you may be seated if you can, amen, we want to take this time, I want to thank the praise and worship for leading us in worship this, at this time, amen, truly God's been so good to us and we're truly serving an awesome God, amen, who's worthy to be praised, amen. I want to welcome our online congregation this morning, worshiping God with us this morning. Praise God that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you know, we're serving an awesome God. I, I, I didn't have this on the plan this morning, but um, I know Pastor won't mind, hopefully won't mind, but I want to have a testimony this morning. Brief, you know, for anyone that I have. I, I have a testimony, and this is why um, I came up and I said I want to share. So I want to give anyone, if you have a testimony, you want to testify this morning, want to give you an opportunity or a chance to testify if you have a testimony. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If there is someone, if there is no one have a testimony, our online congregation, if you have a testimony, you can feel free to send it in on our media site and we'll make sure we uh, put it out there. But we want to give you a chance to testify if you can. So, um, so this week something unique happened to me. <laughs> well, it happened to us. Um, God is so awesome. You, you, you see, when, when, when you're serving 
God and you believe and trust in God. The song fitting that they just sung is more than enough. I, I have a customer pastor that I've been servicing for 15 years approximately. He, he decided, okay, he need a, a contract. He need to revisit the pricing and everything. So provide a pricing. He said, no, he couldn't accept the pricing. Say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I can't go below what I'm giving you. I'm giving, I'm already giving you a good deal. So he stopped the service for three months. No problem. I said, you know, if we can be of any service to you in the near future, don't hesitate to give us a call. Let us know. This is what God got. I'm there smiling, you know. So the customer sent an email to us this week stating he wants us to revisit the proposal. Not only revisit the proposal, Pastor, but he added 12 more service for us to make a bid for services. So he take away one, but he had it in 12 more to the list. And this is to show you, oh, God is good. That whatever you are going through or whatever you're doing, if you serve God the right way and do things the right way in God's will, what is for you is for you. Regardless of what's going on around you. I, I, I want to go along a little further, but I want to reserve this one for another time. Amen. And I'm sure, you know, um, you know Ethan and the others, um, you know, don't mind I reserve this one for, for but God is doing some, some good things in the hour that we're living in. And church, I'm advising all of us, keep on serving God, regardless of how things get hard. God is our provider. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's going to open up doors more than we can imagine or even think. And if you serve God the right way, God will make sure he's not going to see his righteous forsaken or his seeds go there begging bread. Amen. And I'm so glad this morning for what God is doing. Is there someone else that have a testimony that you want to share this morning? Amen. Something good that the Lord has done for you. I'm sure God has done great things for you. Amen. And I'm sure there's someone that want to testify this morning and share about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's all right, Brother Jay. Praise the Lord, everybody. So one Thursday evening uh, after Bible class, I was here and um, I had uh, left. And of course, you greet saints. And I had uh, went uh, home and I said, okay, I didn't realize where's my phone. I know sometimes we use it as like uh, if, if we don't have a phone, as if we, we don't have like our, our own spouse or our own, uh, you know, anything that is so valuable to us, we, we hold it so hard to at least the degree of its importance but i said okay well I, what's going on here I, I was looking and searching 20 minutes like i don't know where, where it went so i said you know what <laughs> let me go back to the search let me go back to the facility so when everyone who was le- had left i couldn't get in touch with anyone because no one was there so i went back and i went to um into the bu- to the building and i reached out to um there was the fire department was here and somebody was here and he yet uh, opened the door. He said he was searching around, looking for sanctuary. I said, I left my phone, you know, and he gave me the access to come in here. I said, long and behold, I said, you know what, hey, it is a phone, whatever it is. I mean, the concerns I had with my, my contacts that I had, I lost all of them. I couldn't get in touch with anyone. But I said, you know what, let me just think. I remember I parked somewhere specifically, and where I parked, I said, you know, God, let me just look 
and maybe suggest if it may have dropped out. Saints of God, it rained that day too. Mm. It rained a little bit. I found it right where I had parked, not touched. Not, I, mean, I could not believe it was face down. I said, God, you're amazing. You know, Amen. it may seem simple, but I mean, saints of God, I had everything there. I mean, my wife would have wondered, like, what's wrong with me if something would have happened? But it was there. God kept it. Nothing wrong with it. You know, I didn't want to get to another you know, situation with the phone, but give God praise that he's a keeper, even with things that are valuable. Amen. In Jesus' Amen. name, God bless praise you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother B. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyone with a testimony, praise God. Isn't God good? Amen. We ought to thank him, love and praise him a little more today, a whole lot more tomorrow. That song was the first song when I first came to Christ that Sunday morning. That was the first song that came to me. And I just want to thank God that he brought me back this morning. He took this morning, he brought me back to that very song that he is good to give us so many blessings that we are not deserving of. I just want to give God honor this morning. I just want to give him praise for all that he has done. Because truly, if we really stop to think, we are undeserving of his love. We are undeserving of everything. It's his grace, his mercy, and his love for us that have kept us. And I just want to give him all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause. Amen. Amen. And everyone said it's offering time. Amen. Don't forget we're in our building um, um, reach program that we're currently in. And for those that already pledge and have not yet pledged, or for those that pledge and have not yet fulfilled your pledge, amen. We're encouraging everyone, if you can, as you know, I know we had the pledge goals or the reach program that we're in for for two years, but, you know, we get the go-ahead from the township, we just need the money now. So, you know, we need the money, you know, you know what we need, amen, we need the money to get the building. And we actually know that if you have not yet and you want to be a part of the miracle, part of the blessing that God has for us, amen, feel free, amen, if you know someone out there that have a little extra put away and they want to be a blessing to us, Amen. To acquire this building. Amen. We just have a short time and we want to make sure once we get the green light and everything good to go, we can go to the table with the money in our hand. Amen. There are four ways to give. You can give online. You can go to www.myccc.com. Amen. Amen. You know what I mean. You got PayPal. You got Cash App. Amen. You can mail in your payments. You know, I can't see those prints. They're flying back there. So, pardon me. But, you know, the electronic pay, <laughs> the, those are ushers in the front, feel free to, to, to bring your tithes and offering. If you want to pay electronically, you can see Sister Patrice over there and pay uh, electronically. We're going to invite you to stand one more time as we continue to worship the Lord and we're given this morning. Amen. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your mercies, O oh God. We thank you for your goodness. You are our Jehovah Jireh. 
Oh, God, you're more than enough, oh, God. We thank you for the small things. We thank you for the big things. We thank you for opening up doors, make ways for us when there seems to be no way, Lord God. As we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way that they too can be a blessing, oh, God. We give you back all the glory and all the honor because you are worthy to be praised. Oh, God, we thank you for being so good to us, oh, God. As we continue to worship you, Lord, we ask you to have you away in this place this morning. We thank you for your many blessings. Bless us and keep us as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. Continue to worship the Lord with us this morning in Jesus' name.
He's good. Somebody say he's good. Somebody say he's good. He's good. There is none good but God. Somebody say he's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There's only one good but God. And he is so good. Why wouldn't you want to live for God? Why would you want to put anything before God in your life? Why? Because none of it is powerful. None of it can do what God can do for you. Amen. Put God first in your life. Make him the center of your life. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. We welcome all of you that are here in person, that are online. Brother Wood, I know that you've been logging on under your own account, so you know what? Good job there on you. Uh, Appreciate you being a part of our congregation, and we are so grateful that you are, you and your wife, you know, we know she's always there, but, you know, I got to give you the shout out. Amen. We thank you for being on, and amen. Um, Um. Brother, brother Brantley. <laughs> what he said, he, he this was he don't think he heard that song they sang this morning before. This is his first time. That the hymn was good. He said, right? <laughs> oh man, I don't know if you. Whenever you can't be here, just interact online with our with our online congregation. They would make you. You would just want to just. It, it's just a wonderful experience to interact. Amen, Sister Sharp. Good to see you this morning. Amen. Amen. You you went to the fake country? (laughs) I'm no good. I'm no good. Talk about it if you want. I said Dubai is the fake country. You know, it was all sea one time. They dump it all up. Now it's the country. Got the highest building in the world. You know, Dubai is where everybody goes now. Like, I'm not going. I'm good. Dubai is like the Titanic to me. (laughs) For the sake of Dubai is like the Titanic. I'm glad you're back. The Lord took you and brought you back. Sister Sylvia went. The Lord took you. I'm not going. I'm not going. I appreciate everybody go to Dubai and come back. God bless you. I'm not going. (laughs) Hallelujah. But it's good to have you back, Sister Sharp. We miss you. Amen. We thank God for taking you safely and bringing you back safely. Hallelujah. Brother Sam. Good to see you. Everybody's good to see you. Brother Isaiah asked me a question this morning, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. When you can, when you get questions where you know it's gonna, it's something that's in somebody's heart and it's gonna establish them for a lifetime. His question to me was, "Where did God come from?" I said, "Good question, Isaiah. Good question." I said, "I said, God always is and always will be. He didn't come from anything or anyone. Nobody made God." God always existed. And I'm glad because that's now in his brain. That's in his heart that he knows that God always existed and he didn't come from nothing. We came from God, but God didn't come from nothing. And I just thank God for little Isaiah there. That's a tremendous question that I'm sure some adults thought about, but they don't want to ask. This is why the Lord said, coming to me as little children. Because then we won't let our pride and our egos get in the way. We would just ask and do as the little children does. And so it's a wonderful thing. We thank God for just the young people, the children, and for everything that God is doing in his church. Well, you might notice um, this morning we have done something a little bit different with our announcements. And uh, we'll see um, if 
um, it continue to work out. I, I hope it does. But um, we're hoping that we can get the information in your heart and your mind a little bit stronger because we will, we're able to show it more. As you see, whenever I'm not preaching, for every opportunity we get to keep the slide going with our announcements, you will see them. So they're going, and you can you know see dates and uh, uh, probably even locations and whatever. Um, but it, it you know visual is good, um, and so we're trying our best to. Um, you know, keep our announcements at the forefront of your mind. And so um, we will continue to try this and see if it makes a difference in how you receive announcements and how it translates. Um, we're still working in the background to make it all happen. As I said, you know, it, when you see things, sometimes you might just think, oh, you know, audiovisual is over there showing a slide. But no, Brother Tom has to capture all of this stuff from off our calendar, send it to the media team, and the media team has to create all of this stuff you see. You know, we, we didn't just have this stuff and we just slide information in it. Media had to create that stuff and make it work. So I'm impressed. I got to be honest with you. I'm very impressed with for what you all have done and so quickly. So God bless you. Continue to do what God called you to do and let his church, you know, continue to expand. I did want to mention probably one thing specifically about um, our announcements, and that is this Tuesday at 8 p.m. we are having what we call a zoom meeting events committee uh, meeting so it's a zoom meeting events committee um, 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 zoom meeting and what we're gonna what we're trying to do is develop an activity uh, committee that will help to um, facilitate our um, church events and we want them to be successful we want them to be thoroughly planned and in order to do that we need an activity uh, committee or events committee team and so if you would like to be a part of that team some of you are are already part of the team so you need to be part of the zoom but if you want to be a part we have a sign up sheet over to my right um, and you can sign up if you listen to this one closely if you are a part of our online congregation and you want to be a part you can just make note of that um, in the comment section on our in inbox or DMs, you know how to do that. I don't know if they all know how to do that. So that's what I'm saying. Whatever way they can make a comment. I don't care how they make the comment. You make the comment, just say that you want to be a part of the committee. Please do it, and we will send you out the link for our Zoom meeting uh, Tuesday evening at 8 p.m., and we can discuss um, how the committee could really help us um, plan our picnic, which is July 30th. And we're going to have a good time there. So we want everyone to be a part. We want you to invite families and friends, neighbors, coworkers, um, people you went to school with. Just invite everybody to the picnic because we want to have a great time. My wife is already collecting non-perishable items. So if you would like to bring in a non-perishable item, you want to contribute, um, see her, and she will get you signed up. She have a list of things that she can suggest. Or if you have something you already know you want to bring that is non-perishable, please see my wife. She will get your information, and we can start the count. We've already started, but we need to get going on this picnic. It's, in, it's July already, and before you know it, the 30th will be here, and we want to have a good time. And I will bring out the, the world-famous jerk chicken. It is world-famous. I will put my jerk chicken up against anybody's jerk chicken. Uh, I was someplace the other day. They were talking about jerk chicken in my mind. I'm like, yeah, okay. Because I think mine is the best. Amen. I put a lot of work in mine. 
That's why I don't do it all the time. People say, why you don't jerk chicken all the time? You only need the work that go into you. You'll be like, all right, I see now. Mm-hmm. All right, I think those are the things that I need to mention, and I'm good to go. Uh, well, you guys have put the announcement up there. Camp, camp will be um, July. Um, so this will be our first district camp services. So we're not going into a facility, a camp facility like my daughter thought. My daughter thought she was going to be stuck in the woods for three days, and she started panicking. Like, you know, because she got to plan that all out. And, and I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're having camp meeting services in three different locations. Thursday, July 21st, we're going to have our youth camp meeting service at First Pentecostal Church down the street. And then Friday, we're going to have um, our revival camp meeting service. And that will be in um, Prospect Park in New Jersey, way up top. And then Saturday at 12 noon, we will have our um, next camp service meeting, which we will um, feature disciple making. Okay, Brother Kuhn will teach Friday and Saturday session, and our youth president will preach our Thursday session. So come out and support it. Um, That Friday, that Thursday, we will still have Bible study because it's a youth service. I know some adults might want to go there, and you can go there. But um, for those that choose not to go to the youth service, we want to still have Bible study here. And so we will still be here Thursday evening while they're having youth event up the street Thursday evening. So that's the way we will do it. Amen. Brother Henry, that Thursday evening, you will, ter- you will teach Bible study unless you're going to be out of town. So put that on your calendar that the 21st, um, you will be the Bible study teacher here. Amen. Hallelujah. We good to go? All good? All right. Let's stand for the reading of the word and let's see what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. Amen. We have a we had a wonderful service this morning. But as you know, oftentimes the Lord, you know, it's the same word, but he preaches it differently through me. And um, I don't have any idea what he will do in any of the service. I just try to be a, a servant and present myself as the sacrifice the instrument that he can work through and he does whatever he wants to do. And so we're going to turn to Joshua, Joshua chapter two, verse number nine. We're going to read a few verses of scripture. We're going to go read all the way up to 21. So Joshua chapter two, verse number nine through 21. And then we will go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Um, When you're there, say amen. Everybody should say amen by now. That's on the screen. Amen. I don't hear any Bible pages turning. Man, more and more, least, less Bible pages turning, huh? Whew. Well, that's a tough one. Let me. Yeah, I'm telling you, back old school church, when, when they say turn, you hear that. Now, you heard the Bible pages turning. And, and so the preacher knew when to start reading because he will listen and then, you know, if you hear a lot of Bible pages, he keeps talking while you're trying to find it. And when there's no more turning of Bible pages, then he says, all right, let's read. That's not it these days. I'm, I don't know. I, I guess these are some things that tell you getting old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm getting old or I'm just getting more mature. Joshua chapter 2. Look at the scriptures. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord had given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us 
and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Shion, or Sion, Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you, answer. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord had given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was up on the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou did let us down by. And thou shalt bring the, thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this, our business, then we will be quick of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Hmm. A lot going on there. We'll talk about it in a second. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Jesus, your word is already settled. It cannot be changed. 
And, oh, God, we want it to move us to change. Oh, God, help us today to not just be hearers of your word, but to be hearers as well as doers of your word. I pray that the spirit of the Lord will transform our mind and our life and that we will not walk out of these doors today or leave this service today in any way without a touch from you, without the power of God moving us to transformation. God, I pray that if there's anything that have us captive, anything that have us bound, anything preventing us, Lord God, from this message taking effect in our life, will you remove it, Lord God? Will you deliver us today from our strongholds, from captivity, from the burden of sin, and from the power of the enemy, that, Lord, today we can be transformed by the power of your spirit and the authority of the word will be established in our hearts. Will you place me in the flow of the Holy Ghost and speak to the hearts of your people the way you want to? I ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I would like to talk to you, preach to you, minister to you today on this topic. Believe what you know. Believe what you know. I'm sure there's many of us that have believed things we don't know. So I'm preaching to you this morning, believe what you do know. All of us are free to believe whatever we want to believe. We prove that every day by the way we conduct our life. Because we conduct our life on our belief system. What we believe could be rational or irrational. It could be sensible or nonsensical. It could be a fact or fiction. It could be true or a lie. What we believe can put us and keep us in bondage Or it can liberate us to experience more than abundant life. All because of what we believe. Mm -hmm. Nothing can hold a human being in a more horrible captivity than his own belief. What you believe, what you hold on to, can hold you into captivity. All because of what you believe. Belief is so powerful that it can drive people to deny truth no matter how much they have seen truth. No matter how much truth have been proven to them, their belief overruled truth and they continue in their own belief even when they have been exposed to truth. It causes people, belief that is, To deny the evidence that something else is true. That what they believe is not true. But because of their belief, even when they know what they believe is not true, they're still believing it. Belief is so powerful that people held by it may be willing to suffer and even die for their belief. But they are more likely to be willing to inflict suffering and death on those who do not share 
their beliefs. But just as belief is powerful in a negative sense, it is even more powerful in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Can you imagine if you will be honest with yourself this morning to say, man, you know, I've been believing this for so long. And it might even to you might make, make you make some decision that you thought, well, this wasn't a bad decision. And it was all because of my belief. And whatever comes from your belief that you have experienced that you think is good or bad, that's fine. But just understand this. Can you imagine actually believing truth and standing on and behind truth? Can you imagine what that will produce in your life? The meaning of belief is this. Belief is the actions I put into what I trust in or who I trust in. I'll say that again. Belief is the actions I put into what I trust in or who I trust in. That's belief. Faith is different than belief. Faith is different than belief. Faith definition is this. Faith is the knowledge I have obtained of the true and living God that the invisible almighty creator became man and his name is Jesus Christ. In other words, the knowledge that you obtain of who God really is, that is now faith. The knowledge you obtain of the identity of who God is, is faith. This is why when you have faith, all things are possible. Because remember Jesus says, with man, all things are not possible. But with God, all things are possible. So all things can only be possible when you have faith. Because faith is the knowledge of who God is. And because he's the one that makes everything work. If you have faith, all things are possible. If you believe, all things are not possible. You can believe a lie all you want. I can't tell you how many times preachers, um, Cheryl, go over to some wonderful saint's house Grandmom on her deathbed and preacher go over because they want the preacher to come over and look over grandmom, pray for grandmom. And I can't tell you how many times preachers went over to visit grandmom and pray for her and lay hands on her because they wanted her healed. And guess what? Everybody believe. Oh, that preacher's powerful. Man, you hear how the preacher pray? And preacher prayed powerful like he normally do. And grandmom was out of here. I thought if we believe, all things are possible. I thought we just have to believe. Mm -hmm. So faith and belief is separate. They're not the same. We can believe a lie. We can believe things that 
doesn't exist. But faith is about you knowing something. Faith is about you knowing. I'll go on to show you in the Bible that clarifies this. Now, if you go into the Bible, when you ask somebody to show you the scripture that talks about faith, they're going to take you to Hebrews 11 and 1. And it's going to say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's where someone will take you to show you what faith is. Well, I'm here to tell you that's the explanation of faith. That's a description of faith. But it didn't tell you that is faith. So it's okay to take someone to the scriptures to say, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The I, I remember when I started studying this stuff and I looked at it and I smiled and I said, who can explain Hebrews 11 and 1? We can quote it, but who can explain it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. We can go on and on and try to explain it. And I guarantee you, you will get tripped up trying to explain it and won't really understand all, all of it. But when you go to 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 3, you will get an understanding now of how you obtain faith. So watch 2 Peter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, so faith can be obtained. To them that have obtained like precious faith. With us, how do they obtain that? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How does grace and peace? You know, we like to quote these things that feel good. We like to say things that the Bible says because it makes us feel good. But church, can I be honest with you and tell you a secret? It's best to learn what the scriptures really mean as opposed to quoting them to feel good. When you quote them to feel good, you can become a frustrated Christian. When you quote them to feel good, you can start questioning whether or not God is real. When you quote them to feel good, you can be misguided and be misled because you're just quoting them for them to apply to how your emotion really is. But if you quote them according to what they really are, then it changes how you approach things. And so the Bible says grace and peace is multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God. And of Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Now here is the crescendo. This is where I get the definition for you to understand how you have obtained faith and what is faith. Verse number 3. According as his divine power had given unto us. Somebody say all. Not some. No need to try to, you know, my boy in the, in the back, he, he like to take stuff and start, you know, trying to maneuver it. 
You know, uh, yeah, poor Kiki. I, I'll be feeling bad for my daughter-in-law because, you know, he start coming up with his old crazy explanations and try to get into stuff and try to pull stuff apart. And let, but what about this? No, brother. This says all things that pertain unto life and to godliness. And my question to you is, as a human being, what is outside of life and godliness? Nothing else. Is he the life? And godliness, life or godliness, you can live life without God. But if you are encompassed in everything, it's life and godliness, right? And, and yeah, you're living without God, you ain't really living. We got that. But I'm just saying there are people that to us, life exists in them, but they don't have godliness. So it's either life and godliness or both life and godliness. So that encompasses everything about the human being, life and godliness. So all things that pertain unto life and godliness, how? Through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory. So everything that you need to know, everything that you need to have, everything that you need to obtain would be and will be through the knowledge of the almighty God. That makes sense to me because as Isaiah let us know this morning, if God is responsible for everything being here, then he knows everything. If God is responsible for everything being here, then he knows everything. There is nothing that he doesn't know. The Bible calls that omniscient. He knows everything. He knows your thoughts. Whatever you're thinking in your mind right now, God knows it. There is no secret in your heart, in your mind that God doesn't know. That's why he is the just judge. And when we stand before him, he will tell you things that you thought about, but you never did. He will tell you those things. Because he knows everything. So the only way we possess faith is by his knowledge. So when we come to know him and understand who he is, now we have had faith. Now we have faith. We have obtained faith like the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Peter. We have faith because we now have the same knowledge that they have of who he is. That's not belief. I go on to tell you, the Bible says in Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, faith is a God thing, not a man thing. I can't say I have faith in you because faith only has to do with God. Faith don't have anything to do with us except for we obtain it. And we can only obtain it, how? By knowing who God is. So for you to know somebody, who are they? They're not God. So it, there's only one way to obtain faith and by knowing God. And faith is a God thing. Hear me. You cannot have faith in people. You can only believe in people, but you can't have faith in people. We can believe in people, but we cannot have faith in people because people are not God. Faith is a God thing. Remember, we are free to believe or put our trust in anything. It can be rational or irrational. 
fact or fiction, lie or truth. We are free to believe whatever we want, but faith only comes by us having the knowledge of who God is. Let me say this. You better believe in what you know. Don't be believing in something or somebody you don't know. Guess what? You cannot know a lie. You cannot know a lie. Because it doesn't exist. It's a lie. But you can know truth. Because truth is a person. Again, this is why God says you can know me. Because he's the way, the truth. So when you know God, you have obtained faith. You can know God because he's the truth. You can't know the devil because he's a liar. Father's lie. And as I said this morning, people who live their life in complete lie, you can't ever know them. If you're a liar, that's how you live your life. You don't know you. And nobody can know you. Because lie doesn't exist. It's something you made up. It doesn't exist. You can't prove it out. But when you live by truth, it exists because truth is a person. His name is Jesus. And so Rahab said to the spies that came to her house in Joshua Two and nine. Listen to what Rahab said. We read that earlier, but it should mean differently to you now as you read it. Rahab said, and she said unto the men, I know. Rahab didn't say, I believe. She said, I know. The Lord had given you the land and had your terror is falling upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land Fainted because of you. She said, I know that. Then she went on to say, for we heard or we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites, there were on the other side, Jordan, Shion, Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Verse 11. And as soon as we heard. These things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This Bible is so succinct. It is crazy. This is Old Testament we just read that this woman says, I know. And then she went on to say, I heard. We have heard. The Bible in the New Testament says faith is the knowledge. You, you, you obtain faith by the knowledge of God. And then it says faith coming by hearing and hearing. So Rahab obtained faith because of what she heard about God that she proved out that was right. So I'm here to tell you today we need to obtain faith which many of us have already because we know there's only one God. We know that the true and living God, his name is Jesus. It's God manifested himself. God revealed himself to us as human. We know that. 
So that means most of us in here today have faith. Most of us that's a part of this service today, we have faith because you always hear me tell you God is one and he manifested and became human so we can know him. Because before he became human, you could not know him. He was too vast to know. And so he manifested himself as human and came and dwelt among us so we can know him. This is why we can't get into the Trinity. This is why we can't get into any false teaching about who God is. Because if you don't know God, then you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if we don't have faith, we can't please God. But many of us have approached God from the position of belief and not from the position of faith. And because we have approached God from the position of belief and not from the position of faith, we get our doctrine crossed or we get tied up in how we believe. And, and so now we do things that, that, that we are misunderstanding because we're operating from a position of belief and we're believing something that really is not. Because if you believe God is three, then you don't have faith. You don't. If you believe that Jesus and God is separate, you don't have faith. You're operating on belief. And belief can change at any time. Today you believe this, tomorrow you believe that. You know how our world is, you know, you know especially how our world is just evolving so rapidly and so many things are going on. So we're we're just we're just changing always. We're just changing always. I'm glad the word of God say I am God and I change not. It is so much easier to be a Christian because you don't have to worry about all the change that's going on. All you got to do is say I have faith and I trust in God. And whatever God says, that's what it is. I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing because I can't keep up but I can keep up with Jesus because Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever I'm going to keep up with Jesus he doesn't confuse me because he never changes we make it like it's complicated to live for God when in actuality it's easier living for God than living in this world but the devil going to make us think just like how the devil tricked Adam and Eve to eat from the one tree. I can't get over that. I get so angry about that. I want to punch the devil in the face if I can punch him in the face. Because the devil made my great, 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 great grandfather and mother sin because of one tree. He presented this, 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 this. This how God instructed them. He presented to them to make them think that God was keeping something from them. When in actuality, God gave them everything except for one thing. But he twisted it so well to make them become curious and went and investigated and got themselves tripped up. When in actuality, they had everything. You had everything 
except for one thing you couldn't have. You're going to let one thing cancel out everything? Oh, God, help us today. That's a message in itself. You let one thing cancel out everything. And for some of us here today, we're struggling with one thing. And one thing is going to prevent us from getting to heaven. God has given you everything else. And one thing is going to keep you from going to heaven. I'm here to tell somebody today, you're going to let go of that one thing. Because that one thing is trying to destroy you. That one thing is trying to keep you from a relationship with God. It's only one thing. Don't be upset. Don't be mad at God because he says, thou shalt not. It's only one thing. He, there's so much more that thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. Let go of the one thing and stop worrying about it. It's not that serious. As a matter of fact, you keep living, you'll realize you're right. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. But the devil is making us think that one thing is serious. That one thing, I got to have it. Oh, my God, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. The devil is making us think that one thing, I just got to have that. I just got to have that. And I'm here to tell you, God has sent me here to tell you today, let go of that one thing. Get it out of your heart. Get it out of your mind. Stop fighting for that one thing because I have given you everything else. Why are you struggling and fighting to get your way with just one thing? It's not worth it. That one thing is not worth it. A lot of us don't have a whole lot of stuff that's getting the best of us. We don't, we don't have a whole lot of stuff that's, that's, that's just working us over. It's usually one thing because that one thing leads to other things. But if you will deal with that one thing, you will let go and let God do what he wants to do. You will see I am free. The one thing leads to many things. Forget about the many things. Go back to the original state of what the situation is. Go back to what the situation is. What's wrong? Go back to that and say, that's what I got to let go of. Because that always lead me to other things. Ooh. God, who's that for? Let them receive it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let them receive it right now, Lord God. Let them know that you have spoken to them, Lord God. Oh, God, that they will not ignore or resist, but let them know you have spoken it, Lord God. It is you that's trying to lift them out of their situation. And this is the way that you've chosen to lift them out, by letting me speak your word. For God, I don't know anything, but you know everything. Let them know it's you, the omniscient God, that have spoken unto their situation. Rahab's faith. Oh, God. Rahab was a harlot, a very unlikely person to obtain faith. I'm here to tell you, you got to understand who Rahab was and not let anything trip you up because she was no better than you and she was no worse off than you. So you can't be crying foul about anything. Rahab, she was a harlot and she was the most unlikely person to obtain faith. But she knew that Jehovah had delivered Israel from Egypt and that he had opened the Red Sea for them. But that was 40 years before she also knew 
God had defeated the other nations during Israel's wilderness wandering. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. That's what her testimony of faith is. True faith is manifested in works. Somebody hear me? True faith is manifested in works. I just told you that faith is us having the knowledge of Almighty God, that God is Almighty and He has manifested Himself as the man Christ Jesus. When you have that because of faith coming by hearing, I'm preaching the Word of God to you. You're hearing the Word of God. You have obtained faith, so you have faith. And so having it is not enough because if you just have it, that and you don't put action to it, then it's dead. That's what the Bible says. Faith without works is dead. So that's the problem, and that's the heart of what I'm gonna, I'm, I'm preaching to you today. Having faith is not enough because faith alone is dead. And many of us understand there's only one God. Many of us understand that God is one. We have the knowledge, we have faith, but the question is, what is it making us do? What what are we doing with the knowledge that we have of God? Can we take a page out of Rahab's book, please? Can we take a page out of the hooker book? Can we take a page out of the prostitute book? Can we take a page out of the madam's book? Can we take a page out of the harlot's book? She had faith. She had the knowledge. She had the knowledge. She had the knowledge of who the Almighty God was because of what he had done. And she didn't stop right there. She said, I know what he has done. And because she knew what he has done, you know what she did? She looked out for his servants while the king of that city wanted to kill these spies. She said, no, you won't. She even told a lie. She wanted so much to look out for the men of God because she knew who God was and who these men represent. She looked them out. The king said, go find those spies that's trying to spy out our land. And she hid those men. And so when the soldiers from her own city came to her door, knocked and says, where are they? They're not here. They're gone. Her life was at stake when she said that. Because if they found out that she would have lied, she would have been dead. She would have been dead. But because of what she knew, her faith. Because of what she knew about God, she said, this dude who parts the Red Sea, do you know what the Red Sea is? This dude who parts the Red Sea, you think I'm going to go against him? I don't care what the king of Jericho is all about. I don't care what these soldiers here in Jericho can do. The king that parted the Red Sea, he is the king of kings. The one who delivered Israel from out of Egypt, that's the one that I worry about, not y'all. Can we take a page out of Rahab's book? Rahab was sharp enough to realize, I see what God can do, and I know what man can do. And I am not going to put man over God because man is limited. As a matter of fact, man was created by God. Why would I ever go with man? And that includes myself. I remember when God called me to start this church. He said, one of the last words I heard from the Lord in the Spirit he says, are you going to obey God rather than, are you going to obey man rather than God? And God made it clear. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about no other man. He's talking about me. Because I was the one that's telling God, I need to be here for my pastor, God. I was the one telling God, God, the church needs me, ho. And I kept telling him what I need to do. And he says, are you going to obey man 
rather than God. And the finger was pointed at me, not nobody else. And so I realized you or anybody else, you cannot put you or anybody else above God. (laughs) God don't want you to put yourself above him. That's easy to figure out, too. Here's an easy way to look at it. You are limited. You're limited. You have weaknesses. You've got a lot of flaws. You don't have a whole lot comparing to God. So why would you put yourself above him? That's, that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. That only if I'm crazy, I'm going to put myself above God. He is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord that provides. He is Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I heal. We can go on and on about what he is I can't heal nobody. I can't provide every need that I have. So I'm not putting me above God. And that's why it's so clear where we can't obey man. Point to yourself. Don't point to nobody else. We cannot obey man over God. Point to yourself. I can't obey me over God because you don't know everything. You will get tripped up in everything. You don't know what's around the corner. Only God does. True faith is manifested in works. As we saw from Rahab, she entreated the men of God and protected them. She obeyed the men of God's instructions by hanging that scarlet rope from her window. The Lord honored Rahab's obedience. Faith without works is dead. If you say you have faith, you can't just have it and think that you're going to heaven because you have it. You have to put works with it because if you don't put works, you will not make it. We'll get into that a little bit more. We'll get into that a little bit more. As a matter of fact, I love this about Rahab. When she encountered the men of God and because of her faith, what she knew about God, she also asked the men of God, not just to spare her, but to spare her family. Church, if we're going to be real Christians, we can't be real Christians and be selfish. We can't be godly people and it's about us. If you are living for God and everything you do only benefits you, you got to rethink it. You got to rethink it. If every time we look around, it's about you, you got to rethink, am I really walking with God? Because when you have faith and you're really living for God, you cannot help but to think about others. Check your actions and ask yourself, my actions, is this about me or is this about faith because there's a scripture that I can't think of where it is right now in the Bible but this will scare you to death whatever is not of faith is sin can I make it clear for you what it's really saying whatever does not derive by the knowledge of God Ain't right. So whatever 
When the Bible says whatever is not of, not of faith is sin, it's only telling you if what you're doing, if what you're thinking, if how you're acting, it didn't come from God. It didn't come from the word of God. It's sinful. Even when you might say to yourself, what's wrong with this? I hear you. Now you're inserting yourself now, your limited self. You're inserting your limited self in the word of God. I am telling you what the word of God says. If it's not of God, if it's not of faith, it's sin. So we have to stop and make sure our actions is coming from a place of faith. Our action is coming from a place of faith because when it comes from a place of faith, then it's righteous because it's only Going out according to the knowledge, a uh, knowledge of God. I'm not doing it because this is how I feel. I'm not doing it because of what I think. I'm doing it from a place of faith, which is according to the knowledge of God. That's why it cannot be sin. Because it's the word. God can't deny his word. Listen to me. Rahab. The scripture said, if we go back and read it, I hope you caught it when we read it. The men of God, they said to Rahab, okay, we agreed to the terms. We agreed to the terms that we will save you and your family if you take care of us and don't share our business. Remember, we read that a couple of times, it says, and don't tell our business to anybody. He says, we'll take care of you. And what I love about that is Rahab took them at their word. They said to Rahab, if you don't do what we agreed to and your family die and you die, we good. We're not responsible. We're not at fault because I told you what you need to do. Hang that scarlet thread out of the window. That's the thing that's going to save you. That's how we're going to look at you differently. Hang that red scarlet thread, that, that scarlet thread out the window. That's what's going to distinguish you from everybody. Oh, man, I can just stop preaching. Because sometimes I just get so in the word. I'm like, why don't everybody see this, Lord? Why are we struggling to be different? Man, God, she needed to be different for her to be saved. No other house had a red well, the scarlet cord line coming down. No other house. None. None. A whole city. One house had a scarlet rope line hanging from it. One. We probably couldn't have been saved back then because we struggled with this little petty stuff that we struggle with. Whole city. A whole fortified city. One house. Scarlet line. We will know we, you should be saved because you're different. We will know you should be saved because guess what? There's no other house that is like your house. We are putting a mark on you. We are identifying you. God wants to mark his children, identify his children, make his children different. Why are we fighting with God? We're fighting with God from saving us. When they say it's like somebody drowning, that sometimes you got to knock them out, put them to sleep. To save them because you're trying to save them from drowning and they're fighting you God is trying to save us from eternal damnation and we're fighting him man he 
He's telling us we got to be different. He's telling us we are going to be different and we're going to be identified the way he says. And that's how he will save us. God, man, there's so much in this. Rahab was a Gentile, not a part of God's people. But because of her faith, coupled with her works, she married a man named Salmon who was a part of God's people and gave birth to a son who was now born into the family of God. So just like you and me, we can we, we can we can come to God. We were no Christians. We weren't saved and we can come to God. And guess what? We become the family of God. God adopts us into the kingdom of God. That's what happened to Rahab. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 6, it talks about the lineage, lineage, the genealogy of Rahab. Watch this. In verse 4, and Aram begat Aminadab, and Aminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. They spell Boaz and Rahab different, but it's the same people. Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been with the wife of Uriah. And it goes on and on and on because this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. If you keep reading, you will see, and it brings you right to the birth of Jesus Christ. A harlot, a whore, one that everybody was like, she a lady of the night, she is disgusting. She is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Nobody is, 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 is so bad off that they cannot be saved, that they cannot be brought into the kingdom. Nobody has such a bad reputation that they can't be saved. Nobody can commit any sin that God will turn his back. Nobody. We can all be saved just like Rahab was saved. And we can begin to be a part of the family of God. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, Rahab removed all excuses from every one of us. She removed the excuses. So whatever we thought we had a a lock on, we thought we had a good excuse, you don't understand. Whatever it is that we had, I'm here to tell you, Rahab has cleared that up for us. She removed all that. Rahab certainly, uh, Rahab is, is, is certainly a reproach to unsaved people. Unsaved people who give excuses who have obtained faith because they've heard the word of God. I said this Thursday that just passed a Bible study, that before anybody walked into a church house, God already put some consciousness in your heart of who he is. God has already given you a leg up. It's like starting a race and you get a head start. Everybody that's created, God will work in your life to give you some, 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 some knowledge that he exists and eventually he will reveal himself to you. So we will get faith. The question now is, what do we do with it? And so Rahab is going to take away all of our excuses because here are some of the excuses that we like to make. I don't know very much about the Bible. Yeah, I don't know too much about that church stuff. And Rahab 
takes that away. Rahab didn't quote the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Rahab didn't quote Noah. Rahab didn't quote all of these other men we have read about in the Bible because she had no knowledge. She didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about God. All she knew was he parted the Red Sea. All she knew was he led them out of slavery. All she knew was he gave them the victory. And that little bit of knowledge Rahab had, she acted on it. She put some work behind it. Church, if you didn't hear anything else I said today, God has sent me here to tell you what little bit of faith you have, you need to put some work behind it. I don't care how little your faith is. He says you can have faith the size of a mustard seed. It does not matter how little your faith is. What do matter is, will you put some work in? Will you do what you need to do to make God's will manifest in your life? Quit saying how much you don't know. Quit saying what you don't know. The question is, what do you know? What do you know? And Rahab is telling us, I didn't know a whole lot about God. But what I do know is, if that dude can open up the Red Sea for millions to walk through it, I trust him. If that dude can cause armies to be defeated with small people, I want to know that dude. If that dude can do all the things that I've said he can do, then that's the dude I'm going to walk with. That's the dude I'm going to walk with. So you ain't got to know a whole lot about God. This is why faith is so powerful. Because, Rayon. The day we receive and accept that almighty God that says, let there be light. Almighty God, let there be fishes in the water. Let the earth bring forth yield and seed. Almighty God who formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into man's nostril and man became a living soul. Once we have all of that information, we are crazy and out of our mind to let anything be greater than that voice than that 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 then that, 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 God in our life because if he can do all of that why would I need to decide why would I let anything come before him if he can do the things that he has done why would I let anything else be greater than God in my life it doesn't make common sense this is why I got to believe there's a real devil because some things are just so clear but that's because you start walking in the light when you get saved the light comes on you don't really know that until you get saved. When you get saved, the light comes on and you see things so different. And so you have to pray and humble yourself that you don't get frustrated with people. Because you're saying, can't they see this? But if your light is on, if the light came on in your life and it didn't come on in somebody else's life, no, they're not seeing it like you see it. Oof. What's some of the other excuses we make? I'm too messed up. To be saved. You don't understand. I struggle with drinking. I struggle with cussing. Some people, I, I, I was talking to somebody recently. They said, I'm struggling with cussing. I said, come on, let's meet at Starbucks. I don't care if you slip and cuss. It doesn't matter to me. Come on, let's talk. Don't even worry about me. I'm trying to help you. You think I get offended? You can slip and cuss all you want. You couldn't cuss more than me when I was cussing. So nothing don't, nothing don't scare me up. I cuss more than you when I used to cuss. The Lord delivered me from cussing. So now let's sit down and have a cup of Starbucks and let me figure out how we can get God to work in your life and you can be delivered from cussing. 
So don't tell me you can't be saved because you cuss too much. Don't tell me you can't be saved because you drink too much. Don't tell me you can't be saved because of pornography. Don't tell me you can't be saved because now that uh, marijuana is legal, you're smoking it all up now. Don't tell me none of that stuff. You can be saved. You can be delivered. You can be set free. Rahab was a harlot and she was set free. Faith transform your life. It transform your mind. Faith will lift you out of sin and empower you to live a life of righteousness and holiness. But we must obtain faith and put actions behind our faith. I don't know. The key today that I'm trying to tell you is I know you have faith, but you have to put some works. You cannot let faith be dormant in your life. You cannot let faith just be there and you walk around and just say, I have faith. And you tell yourself, because I have faith, God will be merciful. Because I have faith, God will bless me. No, you have faith. And when you put works behind it, then you will see grace and peace multiplied. Then you will see God work in your life when you put some action. But just having it in your life, just knowing it is not enough. And God sent me here today to preach to you, to tell you, you have faith, but it's not enough to have it you have to put works let's stand let's stand the reward of faith the reward of faith are excellent and truly glorious as Rahab and her family was preserved from common ruins at Jericho, so shall all believers of the faith be saved from the wrath and destruction which will come upon this unbelieving world. Remember the world back then, that city Jericho was destroyed because all the people in that city that did not have faith, they were destroyed with Jericho. And the one family that the worst of the bunch... Let me say this to you. I said it this morning. And I'm going to say it to you. Do not allow how you've been treated by your family to determine how you go about living your life. Because some of us, you might have not been the one everybody thought was going to be successful. You might not have been the one that everybody favored. You might not have been the one that they cared for the most. But I'm here to tell you this morning. So was Rahab. Can you imagine? Of all your children, one decided to become a prostitute. She can't be at the top of your list. But I learned so much in the word of God. You learned so much in the word of God. Sister Sharp, you learned so much in the word of God. And the way how God does things, we better adopt, adapt the principles of God. And God know that she was probably rejected and mistreated and overlooked. And he says, you know what? You may be rejected. You may be overlooked by everybody else. But I've been looking at you the whole time. I am calling you the whole time. And while everybody else discourage and discredit you and overlook you, it doesn't matter because I'm calling you. You know what we have to fight to do, Sister Sharp? We have to fight that when God saves us, we, kept, we keep a right heart because he's going to use us to reach those family members that didn't think we were all great. All those family members that talked about us, 
you go to church too much. All those family members that thought, man, that church ain't doing nothing for you. All those family members that talked about your church. The day that they need God and God is ready to use you, you got to do everything in your power to stay right with God so you don't look down on them, so you don't ignore them, so you don't become mad and not help them get saved. Because God want to use you to save your unsaved relatives. God want to use you to save your unsaved relatives. And you got to keep a right spirit and a right attitude no matter how they treat you, no matter how bad they talk about you. As a matter of fact, church, hear me again. There are people that have said bad things about you. You don't need to go confront them about it. You don't need to confront nobody for what they have said wrong about you. Because the best way to go about it is keeping your right heart because you need to position yourself that if God is trying to reach them, God can use you to reach them. If you've got to go make your point, you've got to turn them off and chances of you reaching them is low. So don't you worry about what they've said about you. You don't have to go state your case because when Rahab was just being mistreated, God was looking at her. God said, I don't care what they're saying about you, Rahab. I don't care what they're doing about you. And you know what? There's a scripture in Matthew that talks about the, 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 the publicans and the harlots will enter the kingdom before so many others. Because the harlots and the publicans, I saw this for my very self. I go knock on doors of people that are doing well and living good and got great jobs and no struggles. I go knock on their door and tell them about Jesus. And they say, oh, we're good. That's their code talk. We're good. And when I go knock on, no, not doors. When I go in the community where they're they're, they're selling drugs and they're rolling dice and, and they're messed up, when I go talk to them, they said, preacher, you're right. I need to get my life right. There's something about when you have hit rock bottom, how you become more sensitive and responsive to the word of God. But when life is good, you can't get response because you think you're okay. You haven't done anything wrong. You come home every night to your spouse. You put food on your table. And so you think you're good, but everybody needs faith and they must put works in their faith. The God that they say they believe, they got to live like they believe him. This is why sometimes we come to church and we hear of so many people that's living for God that they were drug dealers and they were drug users and they were in prisons and they were in so many places. You come to church and you say, why the church got all these people that used to sell drugs and drug addicts and all this? And you're wondering, why all these people in the church? Because to whom much is forgiven, they will give much. And because they're grateful to what God has done for them, they want to give as much as they can to the Lord. But those of us that are doing well, we don't think God is doing nothing for us. We don't think God is doing nothing for us because we go to work all the time and work our own money. We got our own education that we know how to do. We did what we had to do to make our life work. But the ones that they know, it was only but the grace of God. Now they have a whole different way of how they treat God. God help us today. Faith alone will not get us in heaven. Faith alone will not keep us in the right place. We must begin to act. We must begin to put actions to our faith, the knowledge that we have of who God is. If he's so great, we like to sing how great thou art. We like to sing he is our provider. We sing all these wonderful songs about how good God is. Then why aren't we totally submitted to him? Why aren't we just living for him? Why aren't we just doing everything he wants us to do? While we're picking and choosing what we should or shouldn't do, we should want to do it all because he knows everything.
and whatever he tells us is right. Lift your hands with me. How about you go to God on your very own today, on your very own today, and ask God to forgive you because you have faith. Some of us have weak faith. It doesn't matter whatever, where, whether weak faith or strong faith. God is still saying to all of us, we need to put works behind our faith and not just let the knowledge of God just sit dormant and, and, and we stay complacent. God wants us to move forward. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're calling us to a higher calling. You're calling us to a greater dimension in you, Lord God. You're calling us, almighty God, to fulfill our purpose. And, oh, my God, I pray today that every word that's been spoken in this place, according to your will, you will let it permeate in our heart. You will let it resonate in our heart. You will let it grow and take root and produce good fruit in our life. Lord, we're coming to you to ask forgiveness. But, Lord, we're only stagnant in our life because of us. We're only complacent in our life because of us. We know and we have faith, almighty God, but we have still chosen to put other things above you. We've still chosen to do what we want instead of following you. Forgive us, Lord God. Oh, Father, we want faith, Lord God, to move us to actions, to move us to serving you, to move us to doing your will, to move us, almighty God, to trust in you like never before. I pray today, Lord God, that we will take what you have given us, the knowledge of God, and we will apply it in works, Lord God. We will apply it in works, Lord God. You are the breath of life. Oh, God, it's you that breathed and we became. It is you that provided for us. It is you that continues to provide. It is you that continue, Lord God, to guide. And today, Lord God, we are asking that you be merciful and gracious toward us, that we will walk in the path that you have set before us. For, Lord, we want to fulfill our purpose. We want to fulfill our call. We want to please you, Lord God, and we want to grow. We want to help others know you. Lord, just like Rahab was able to help her family, oh God, move on us that we can help our families get saved, that we can help and guide our families in the way that you had them to go, and we, Lord God, can be your hands and feet and your echo to help this world come to know who Jesus is. You said, if I be lifted up, then I will draw all men. Lord, draw us. Draw us as we lift up your name. Jesus, draw us as we lift up your name. Bless our households, Lord God, with faith. Bless our households with faith and we will become doers with what you have given us, Lord God. Help us today. I pray your hand will continue to guide and lead us. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, oh God. There is none like you. There is none like you, none like you, none like you. Oh, somebody give God some praise in this house. Somebody open up your mouth and give him some praise. For God is great and greatly to be praised. Give God some praise. Open up your mouth and bless the Lord. For he is good. His mercy everlasting. His truth endureth. To all generation. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy 4th of July. I love you. And take care. In Jesus name.